0: You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. Welcome to church this morning. We're talking about dealing with criticism, and hopefully this message will help us some this morning. Big topic. We could spend a month on it, and all of us somewhere in our lives, I think, have been criticized. How many this morning, you'd say, when you talk about dealing with criticism, I know somebody that's pretty critical. Does anybody with me know somebody that's critical? Let me see your hands if you know somebody that's critical. All right, very good. Thank you. A lot of hands going up. Some of you didn't raise your hands. You are very blessed to. I love the, I'd like to know the world you live in, but uh, most of us deal with somebody that's critical. And you know what? Dealing with criticism is a challenge. At least it is for me. I'm sure it is for you too. Deal with criticism. So let's just look into God's Word this morning, get some insight on what's a good way to deal with it. Because guess what? In life, you're going to get criticized. There's Actually, what? there's no way around it. Because you say, well, I'm going to step out and do something, and I might get criticized. Yeah, you will get criticized. And if you say, I'm not going to step out and do anything, guess what? You're going to get criticized for not doing something. So there's really no escaping this thing. We will face some criticism in life. Criticism is not the problem. The problem is how we respond to criticism. So that's where we need the wisdom. How should I respond to it? Now, what you learn this morning from the Holy Spirit might be totally different than what your neighbor learns. And you may be wishing your neighbor was here learning something this morning. I don't know. But this morning we're going to learn some things about criticism. It is a fact of life, and we need to learn how to work through it and understand it. Jesus said in Luke six twenty six. That verse is not in your notes. You could write down the text if you like. He said, "Look out! If everyone speaks well of you, because you know what, if you're going to do something and you're going to make a difference, live out your purpose. Not everybody's going to speak well of you. You're going to offend some people, and some people aren't going to like it, and you're going to have to deal with that. Now, the way we'll deal with it—that's the important issue. There's a lot of wrong ways we could deal with it. I don't want to deal or focus on all the wrong ways. But here's a couple of wrong ways." to deal with criticism. One is anger. You can write that word in if you like, if you're taking notes. Anger is not a good response to dealing with criticism. And it's easy to go there, isn't it? If somebody criticizes you, you want to automatically get defensive. You want to get angry back. And if you throw mud back, all you get is muddy hands. So you've got to check yourself and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to get angry back. Matter of fact, I'm not going to go to their level, especially harsh Evil means spirited criticism. If you go there, you're just going to catch their disease, and you really don't want to do that. And so Paul wrote in Romans 12, 17, never, that's a big word, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Would you read that out loud with me? Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Instead, he said, do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Sometimes it's better just to zip the lip and not say anything at all and just wait till it's gone and to just keep it to yourself and move on. Anger is not a good response. Now, when people are critical and they come down on you and they're criticizing your work or they're criticizing you in the home, you ever feel like you just sometimes just zap them and just, just get them out of your life? It happened in an office not too long ago, and I wanted to show you a clip because this actually did happen. Somebody got zapped for being critical. Here's a little clip to show you what happened. Report that was due at nine o'clock. I just got it. Did you get the memo last week about everything being turned in double spaced? No, I didn't get the memo. You didn't get the memo? Not surprised. You know, ignorance, Joe. doesn't work here. You're trying to run a professional office. You understand? We're on time. We do double spaced reports. We have a, 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 a dress code. Do you understand dress code? That shirt. Did you iron it this morning? What is that tie? What is that? You ever felt silk? Fill this, Joe. That's 40% silk, my friend. What do you think about that? If corporate was here, I don't know what we would do with you. How did you get hired in the first place? Joe, I'm not going to take this anymore. You're from Okay, so we're going to show you some things how not to respond to criticism. And that's not how you do it. Pull out a zapper and zap them, you know. So you don't pull out bear spray or tasers or zappers. You just, there's a different way to respond to criticism, and one of them is not anger. Uh, another thing we don't want to respond to criticism is to quit. That's what your enemy would like you to do when you face with criticism and say, okay, I quit. You know, you criticize me about my game, I quit. Or you criticize me about the way I was being a father, well, I'm just going to back off and not be parenting anymore. Or you criticize me at my workplace, I mean, I'm just going to quit this job and go back to doing something else. Or No, we don't quit. Paul really encouraged us not to quit. Paul had a lot of reasons to quit. He was persecuted. He was beaten. He was highly criticized. And he said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to focus my energies on going forward. Look what he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. "No, dear brothers and sisters. So he'd be talking to us. I am still not all I should be. I like that verse because I get a lot of encouragement from it. How many here this morning, you'd say to, I am not all I should be. Anybody else with me? Okay. I'm not all I should be. None of us are. We're a work in progress. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Paul was a work in progress. And when people criticize us, you know what? They're a work in progress just like you're a work in progress. Paul said, you know what? I've been criticized. I'm not all I should be. I admit that. i got work to do in my life. But I am focusing all my energies on this one thing. You know, when somebody criticizes you, it's really easy to focus your energy and your tension on one negative, slamming, cutting remark. And it could be something that somebody you don't even like, somebody doesn't care about you, and it was just really mean-spirited criticism. But guess what keeps looping around in your mind, in your head, is that one mean-spirited criticism. And you could have had a hundred other good things said about you or even written about you, but you're thinking about that one thing, and your energy goes there. And Paul says, guess what? I'm not putting my energies there. One thing I'm going to do, I'm focusing on my energies on this – forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Folks, if we want to make an impact in this world, if we're going to make a difference in this world, at some point or another, we will be a target for criticism. You can't get around it. So again, it's how do we respond to the criticism that's coming our way. So what are some right ways to respond? Well, first of all, I think we need to understand a few things as we look at when we're criticized. First of all, Praise and criticism will tell you a lot about the people and what they believe. Ecclesiastes seven five says, It is better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. There is such a thing as valid criticism or constructive criticism. And then there's something called mean-spirited, tear you apart, eat you up, push you down criticism. And we want to differentiate between the two. When somebody criticizes you, there's some things you can learn about them. It's actually a window to their heart. Praise often reveals what you value most. So somebody comes along and they say, man, you're looking sharp. I like your hair. I like your outfit. I like the jewelry. I like that. That tells you that they value jewelry, clothing, and so forth. That's what they value. You know, if I meet another some other guy, and he says, man, I like your car, I like the wheels, where'd you get those? He values cars, and he values tires, okay? So that's what he values, because he's praising that. So those are two simple examples, but what we value tends to be what we praise. Likewise, when it comes to criticism, it often reveals our deepest insecurities. When criticism comes, it's often a reflection of the very area that we're wrestling with ourselves this is why jesus said in matthew chapter 7 verse 4 how can you think of saying let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye i found a little thing in your life and i'd like to nitpick and get that out of your life jesus is saying here when you can't see past the log in your own eye In other words, he's saying the very thing that you're nitpicking others about, you've got a big problem with it yourself in your life. Please take care of that in your life first. And so often the areas we struggle with are the areas we end up criticizing others for. So it can be a window into people's lives, areas that they're wrestling with. So we need to to understand that. And also understand, please, that people are not your enemy, okay? So if you're being criticized by your boss at work, he's not your enemy. If you're criticized by a family member, they are not your enemy. If you're criticized by your neighbor, they're not your enemy. Who is the enemy? Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 12, this is not a wrestling match against a human opponent. You know where we have the wrestling match? It's not a physical wrestling match, it's a mental wrestling match. Because after they said something about us, we go away and we wrestle this thing. Oh, man, I wish I would have said this. I would have said that. If he comes back and says this again, if she says that, I'm going to say this. They'll say that. And we have this chess game in our head. And we're figuring out what we're going to do. And Paul says, you're wasting your energy on that. Go to the spirit behind it. Because there's a spirit working behind that. He says, we are wrestling with rulers, authorities, powers who govern this world of darkness, spiritual forces that control evil in the heavenly world. There's an evil force behind. The best thing to do is go into your prayer closet and you speak to that power of darkness and say, you will not destroy my life with these words of criticism. And I break the power of those words in the name of Jesus. You, You do that in the prayer realm and you push back. The darkness there. If you look at the life of Paul, he encountered a lot of criticism. You can read about it in Acts 13 and 14. If you you want to do that in your devotions this week, it'd be a good place to go. Paul goes into a city and he begins to share. People criticize him and persecute him, and he gets run out of town. He goes into another city, he shares, they're critical of him, and they run him out of town. He goes into another town, the same thing. And it's interesting, he goes like three or four different towns, he gets stoned. In almost every one of those towns, now that's not Vancouver Budstone, this is Rockstone, okay, it's just just so you understand, making that point clear. I went to church this morning and I talked about Paul got stoned in the Bible, I think it's biblical, (laughs) just wanna no want any miscommunication here this morning, so he got stoned in all these cities, right out of town, (laughs) sounds weird today. Yeah, we don't, yeah, anyhow, he, they threw rocks at him in all these cities. And then he went, the thing was, he went back to those very same cities because he, he didn't want to stop loving and helping the people. He didn't quit. There's a temptation to quit when we're criticized. No matter what you do, no matter what your purpose is, you will be criticized, and you'll be tempted to stop. Read about Paul. He's a great example. He, he didn't quit when he was criticized. Our Lord was criticized. Jesus was criticized because he, they said, oh, he's hanging around sinners. He's with the tax collectors. Now, tax collectors, to us, doesn't sound like a bad thing. But back then, it was, that was like hanging out with the mafia. He's hanging out with the mafia. He's hanging out with gangs. He's, he's in the bars. They were critical of Jesus for that. They were critical of Moses. Moses was an amazing leader. They criticized the lady he married. They were really critical. His family was critical about that. Man, if you've had family critical about the person you married, welcome to the Moses Club. You were in good company. You're in the Moses Club. He got criticized for who he married. Maybe you've been criticized for that. He was criticized for taking people out of slavery, got criticized for what he did, making a difference in the world. When you want to make a difference, you're going to receive some criticism. Understand that and understand people are not your enemy. The enemy is Satan who wants to destroy our lives and he tries to work through criticism. So we're aware of that. In working through criticism, it's important that we listen. Because if we don't take time to just say, okay, I'm going to listen to the spirit behind this, we can react and we just have this knee-juke reaction to the word spoken instead of being in control. And you want to be controlled and just say, okay, wait a minute, what's the spirit behind this? Because there can be valid, constructive criticism that's really helpful to us. And it's a little bit painful, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but we need to hear it. So listen to what the motive is behind it. Are they there to help you? Are they there to hurt you? Some time ago, there was a a businessman that I had to give a call to. And uh, I gave him a call and I talked about something else. And then he changed the topic completely on me and he said, he said, I want to ask you a question. Do you ever listen to your messages? And I went, um, no, I, I don't usually listen to my own messages. And he says, well, you should. I thought, oh, he's going to give me a compliment. He's going to tell me how good I was speaking. He's so like, oh, yeah. I said, okay, yeah. He says, he says, you know why you should listen to them? I go, no, why? He goes, because you use I a lot. I counted how many times you used I. And you you need to really work on that and take that out because it's too much about you. I went, oh, okay. That's not what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. But you know what? He wasn't mean. He didn't want to hurt me. He honestly wanted to help me. And as tough as it was to hear, it was the truth. I went back and listened to it. I go, you know what? He's right. And he said, I suggest where you can, you use the word we. Now, there's times you need to use it, but you overuse it. You know, that was hard to hear, but it was very good, good advice for me. And so that's valid. And I understood his motive was not mean-spirited. There was an evil spirit behind it. It was very helpful. He just got to the point and to the chase and just said, hey, I'm going to speak into your life. Okay. So what do you do? You got to suck it up, listen to it, and say, all right. He means, well, I'm going to apply it. Proverbs says in 15, verse 31 and 32, if you listen, and there's a big word at the beginning of this sentence, if, because you don't have to listen. You could choose not to listen to it. If you listen to constructive criticism, it says you will be at home among the wise. If you reject criticism, you only harm yourself. So it's important that we take time to listen to constructive criticism and you will be among the wise. Anybody who's doing great things has had to listen to it at some point. One time, the president of IBM, he said this. They asked him, why are you successful? He says, because I do not surround myself with yes men. I surround myself with people that are free enough to speak that something needs to be changed and even about my life, and I'll listen to them. So it's good wisdom there. Proverbs 25, 12 tells us, valid criticism is as treasured by the one who heeds it as jewelry made from the finest gold so when you have people giving you valid criticism you need to treasure it if I have a fine piece of jewelry how do I treasure it ladies how do you treasure your fine jewelry guys how do you treasure your jewelry well one thing you wear it right and if I have got valid criticism I need to wear it I need to live it out valid criticism like good good jewelry, I put into a jewelry box, I keep it aside, I remember it, and I keep it in my life. It's not a throwaway. So valid criticism is not a throwaway. I'm going to keep it in my life, and I'm going to apply it into my life. I remember when I graduated from high school, and I went to college to play, I played basketball there, and, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town in southern Alberta, and uh, I, we had a good coach, but it wasn't, at the near of the level that I, I was going to have at college. And it wasn't, we hadn't even started our season yet, and Coach Brown pulled me aside, and he said to me, you know, David, you, you really got to work on some fundamentals. You got a lot of energy and a lot of zeal, but you, you really are missing a lot of the fundamentals. As a matter of fact, the rest of the team, you go down that end of the court and practice there, and I'm going to work with you over here, David. And so the rest of the team is all doing their, and I want to be over there, you know, with the other guys, obviously, and I'm over here, and he says, "Okay, I have to teach you some basic moves under the basket." I have no idea why you didn't get this, but Dave, you, you you're at square one, and I'm oh great! All the other teams down there, and they look back at, there's Coop over there. You know, they're saying, "Bless his heart." <laughs> 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 that's what they were saying no if you missed last Sunday you didn't get that so you, you just got to go online and understand what bless your heart means because that's what they're saying oh bless his heart anyhow they worked he worked with me and it was tough it was valid and it was constructive but guess what it made me a much better player And to this day I would thank coach Brown for taking me aside for that half hour and really working with me so it you have to listen to the spirit behind it because sometimes it comes across you go oh I don't want that but Take the nuggets that are in there. Then what else do we do with criticism? Well, some we should answer. Some criticism you need to answer. You know why? Because sometimes the people that are talking to you, they don't have all the information. And they could be critical about a situation. You say, you know, wait a minute. You don't have the full picture. Can I give you the full picture of what happened or what's going on? You don't see the whole picture. And after you give them the whole picture, if, they're, if they care about you, It'll affect them, and they'll change, and they'll go, okay, I understand. So there's times you just need to answer that criticism. And then there's other times you need to dismiss criticism. And sometimes this just comes through life experiences that we learn when to answer and when to dismiss it. There's time absolutely just to ignore it. You need to just dust it off and move on. That's what Paul did. He dusted off his feet. In Acts 13, he says, I'm just moving on. I'm dusting it off. And folks, a lot of times, criticism, dust it off, move on. Even if they're mean-spirited, there's often an element of truth you can pull out of it, but dust it off, like Paul, and you move on. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus was talking about the Pharisees who were really critical about him all the time, a religious community. They were always nitpicking with him. And he said, every plant, referring to the Pharisees, not planted by my heavenly Father will be rooted up, so ignore them. He's actually saying, ignore what they're saying. Move on, ignore them. Proverbs uh, Proverbs 9, 7 says, if you reason with an arrogant cynic, you'll get slapped in the face. So there's some people, you just it's not worth reasoning with them. You just got to move on. Now, when dealing with criticism, it's really important that you also rest secure in God. Because if you're not secure in him, it'll really affect you. Your sense of worth and value ultimately comes from him. If we live to please people, oh, they said this about me, so I'm going to quickly change for that. Oh, now they said this about me, I'm going to change for them. You'll just be tossed back and forth. But I say, wait a minute, I'm not living ultimately to please people. I will live to please God. In doing so, you'll please people, but I'm going to focus on pleasing God. I was sharing in a small group this week, we were talking about this, and I was getting ideas from this small group. And one of the guys in the group said, You know, I go to God for my conviction. And I thought that was a really good point. Because when I'm criticized and I feel convicted, oh, man, I should have changed that. Ultimately, I am going to trust the Holy Spirit to convict me of what I need to change. And if what they said resonates with what God's saying, then I'm going to say, yes, I need to make that change. But I'm ultimately going to trust the Lord to be my guide and to convict me of what I need to change in my life. Now, he'll use people to speak into my life, but I ultimately take it to the Lord. That's really good advice. So when you've had that criticism, you say, okay, God, this was said. Is that right? And if you hear it resonate in your spirit with the Holy Spirit, then it's easy. Okay, Lord, I'm living for you. I'm going to make that change. If it doesn't resonate, then you know you can just put it aside. Live to please God, not people. Let go of the words that have been spoken against you. Because family members can speak against you. Some of you have been there. Your family members have spoken against you. It still haunts you, or a boss, or a friend. We have to let go of those words, because if we keep them around, it will keep our self-esteem down, and it will keep affecting our relationships. Now, let me say this. I did in this earlier service. We just have a little church family meeting. If you're visiting, please just bear with us. Sometimes we have to have family talks at church. A family talk. At our church here, at Coastal, we are not going to speak critical of other ministries or other churches we're not going to speak bad about other we're going to be part of the solution not part of the problem now just as much as what you pray shows what you value what you pray about also shows what you value and every Saturday we pray for another church here we'll pray for another ministry here We'll pray for another country here. We value the nations. We value people. We value churches. This past Saturday, we prayed for more than gold. More than gold is the organization that's pulling all the churches together and ministries together for the upcoming Olympics. A lot of work going into the Olympics. Have you noticed that? A lot of people are getting ready for it. And the question is, what are we doing as a church to be prepared for it? God would want us involved in that. he, He wants us involved, and he wants the churches united in that. Wouldn't it be great or will will it not be great when all the churches come together for the Olympics and we have one focused, orchestrated effort as the churches work together? So that's what we want to be a part of. And if you say, well, if you are critical of other ministries or other churches... I'll share the same thing here as I did at the 930 service. If you want to be critical of other ministries, churches, if you feel that's your calling, then we're asking you to please find another place to worship because that's not the spirit we want to be of. We want to be, the, we want to be of the spirit of encouraging and cheering other ministries on. We may not agree with everything. Uh, we may differ on some of the minors, but we're going to cheer each other on. Amen? So that's the spirit we're of. We want to rest secure in God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul said, For we speak as messengers who have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Now look at the last part of this verse. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Would you read that with me? Our purpose is to please God, not people. That's what our purpose is. In our lives, in our jobs, in our homes. And when we do that, guess what? We automatically please people because you're living to please God. Then, lastly, when responding to criticism, we want to pray for our critics. It's easy to respond evil for evil, but if you want to overcome it, you overcome it with good. That's your ace, okay? You've been dealt a hand. God dealt you a hand. And you have an ace in your hand, you have a winning hand. And that ace is prayer. That ace is to love your enemies. That takes you over the top. Again, if you respond evil for evil, all you get is dirty hands. But you can stay in control. You can think about it. And you say, wait a minute, I'm not going to respond that way. I'm going to pray for that person instead. Our Lord said this. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. He said, I'm telling you, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you. Even your enemy can bring out good in you. And sometimes what they say, there's a truth in it. You can, you can learn from it. Don't let them bring out the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond. Here's our Lord's instruction on how to respond. Respond with the energies of prayer. We all have an energy budget. You have a financial budget, and you have an energy budget. Where you spend your energy is really important, whether you're healthy or not. And if you spend all your energy dealing with bitterness, unforgiveness, I'm going to get even, I'm going to get you back, man, that's a lousy place to spend your energy. But if you take your energy, I'm going to pray for that person instead, Man, you just went to a higher level, and you just won that battle. It's always your way out. It keeps you, in the, so to speak, in the driver's seat. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, we have worked wearily with our hands to earn a living. We bless those who curse us. We're patient with those who abuse us. We respond gently when evil things are said about us. Proverbs tells us that a soft answer turns away wrath so the way we respond to it is so critical if we want to overcome the words that are meant to hurt us or even sometimes words that are well meant but they come across like oh man that's hard to swallow so let's think about when people criticize us let's not use it to bring us down let's use those words to take us further for the purpose that God's called us thank you for listening to this podcast If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.